Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. But Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday morning, uh, correct? Yeah, Thursday morning. The time flies. It is November 18th, and it is 7.33 a.m. Mountain Time, which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Good morning, India. Scott, how's the coffee? Coffee? It's. I think it's a little strong. So um, by the time I get through about a quart of this before the morning is over in my Broncos for Breakfast mug, uh, we could be flying. We, we might be flying buzzing at least a little bit well welcome in guys obviously you can find scott and myself on twitter scott is at scout kennedy and myself at nick kendall mhh make sure you're also following us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle christmas right around the corner guys make sure you're going to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on as chad likes to say you know we got the hats we got the shirts we got coffee mugs i think if you guys are big supporters of the show which i feel like we've had a pretty good uh jump here of uh ooh, gotta get scott kennedy all the way around in uh broncos for you breakfast over this life balance Oh, well, it, it does it every time I drink. Like, oh, it's time to drink. <laughs> yep, it's a it's a it's a white balance thing on your camera. Exactly. Yep. But uh, no, make sure you're heading out. I, we appreciate all the support for the morning show stuff, and uh, we would love to see some pictures in here of guys with their uh, Broncos for, or ladies with their Broncos for breakfast mugs. So uh, if you get them, that's add us on Twitter, works, Nick. That's yep. why y'all works. It is not gender. It is very specific that it means all of y'all. Yep. <laughs> Y'all's y'all. That's uh I listened to a podcast with uh John Green and Hank Green, Vlogs Brothers, and they have they had a big like twenty minute discussion of y'all. It was pretty it was pretty good. The all uh, works. Had, like I said, there's certain, having being born in Ohio, I moved here when I was five. There were certain southern phrases I just never picked up. Plus everybody in Metro Atlanta was from the Midwest <laughs> yeah. in the eighties. It was the migration down here. Certain southern phrases like fixing to and uh when you say like cut on a light. Like cut it on. What what? No. You know, fixing to that never get, but y'all, y'all no, works. Like y'all should be universal. That shouldn't be a southern thing. Y'all works. Y'all is a good one. Well, welcome in, y'all. Uh make sure y'all are also going to Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Y'all also need to make sure you're subscribing to the show. Um, all y'all. All y'all. Every single one of y'all. Uh, y'all, the, the apostrophe on y'all comes after the A, right? It's Y A apostrophe L L. You all. Y? So the apostrophe is for the O U. Okay. So it's Y apostrophe A L L. Y'all. Well, well, man, we gotta have a debate now. You guys gotta let us know what's going on. I, Scott's good. Scott knows. He's in the South. He's he's in no, the thick it's, of things. It's you all. So you put the apostrophe yeah. where you cut the letters. So it's Y apostrophe A L L. Y'all. Well, there we go. You heard it here. Uh, make sure you're subscribing, <laughs> liking, and sharing on YouTube to the channel. Hit the bell notification so you know when we go live. Also, check out Scott's channel for uh, Southern language tips at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Tips. Oh, man. Look out. Uh, we appreciate all you guys coming. Let's say hello to everybody in the chat. We got Tony. Oh, let's go hit, ahead. Let's hit Miguel real quick so he can get yeah, out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab Miguel real quick with for the sure. $5 stars coming in Ooh. saying Broncos for breakfast. Good morning. He's giving it, buying coffee for everybody for, for us this morning. Says good morning from New Mexico, fellas. Can't stay and watch, but I'll listen later to show some love. Miguel, 
we appreciate it. And uh, hit the comment section afterwards. If you have any comments or anything like that, any questions that, that came up, hit them and, and we'll be on them after the fact. So appreciate your support. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. And uh, Tony's in the house too. Good to see you, Tony, with the... uh... Man, the heart's actually on my screen on the chat here. It is orange and blue, but then in on the screen to the left, it is gray hearts. So uh, unless for some reason I'm looking through like dog vision here on the screen, that um, is a blue and orange heart there. So thank you, Tony. He's also saying I'm only getting notifications of videos I've already watched. Something up? No idea. Not no, no idea what's going on. Uh, EJ, that's most most of the time. EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Great to I mean, see you. You were with us yesterday morning too, if I'm not mistaken. So appreciate your appreciate your support yeah. there as well. Yes, he was. Uh, absolutely. Had a, good, had a good chunk of Bronco fans hanging out with us yesterday morning. It was a good time. Uh, falling slots and good morning, y'all. There we go. Man, he, I think that was before we even had our conversation. So uh, that's that's beautiful. Um, we got <laughs> Lit Ramen 34. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. Little Ramen. Uh, Little Ramen. Little Rain Man. I like ramen better. No, uh, Little Rain Man. Hey, guys, GM. I Good morning. I'm sticking the fork in them. Fangio has not turned things around in two plus years now. No reason I think it starts now. That said, still looking forward to all your thoughts on the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, little Rain Man 34, that's definitely your prerogative to stick a fork in them. And I think that a lot of these players uh, probably feel the same way. I think that a lot of these players do not. I mean, football is a physical game. You have to really put your body on the line for your teammates, your coaches, et cetera, et cetera. And for yourself to a certain extent as well, right? These are professionals are getting paid. But uh, if you want to stick a fork in them and you think that they don't have the life in them to be good this year, uh, or finish down the stretch and make the playoffs. That's totally fine. We're still going to be here. We're still going to have fun with it. And uh, hopefully we'll have some meaningful football down the stretch. And Dave, Dave coming in. Dave, yep. Dave, thanks for the stars. Appreciate you. It looks like he's having milk for breakfast. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, and it's going it's going grayscale on the chat here, on the uh, on the screen on my end. That's that's weird. It's never done that before. Um, well, thanks, Dave, so much. We appreciate you. Uh, we also have... Somebody else, Keith Cummings in the house. I hate the bye week. Uh, it's a good time to reflect. We do appreciate the the bye week to give us a breather. Sean Burns in the house. Good morning, all. Good to see you, Matt. I don't recognize this name, Matt Gilbert. Uh, good morning. Good morning to you, Matt. Hope you're doing well. Greg Smith, Aloha. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. It's been a while, and then of course the Aloha. Uh, Dave with the stars. You see, they're coming in grayscale. What the heck is going on? Who who knows? DBA's in the house, and good morning, everybody. Um, Clee Torres saying, "How did humans land on the moon?" As big um, as the moon was last night. It was a pretty easy target. Yeah, Supermoon. Of course, uh, didn't get to see it here in Seattle because uh, it was cloudy. 
and uh, that's just a perpetual gray from November to April. But, uh, you know, you take advantage of the good days. Jamal Killings in the house. Good morning from Georgia. Man, we've got a, got a lot of Georgia people in here. It's a good time. We have Michael several. We have, uh, we have several. We're expanding our Georgia base. Mark from Georgia. Dave from Georgia. Other Mark from Georgia down in, in southeast Georgia. Uh, Jamal. So there's at least six of us here from uh, the Peach State. Well, there you go. Beautiful. Uh, maybe you guys are all dogs fans too, and are enjoying some good football. Uh, this the year. odds are he's well. You see Jamal's hat. He had the the the, the slash A, so he's a Bama fan. Bama. Ooh, so um, it's a little cantankerous then. It's you're more likely. Like I said, I said Georgia is not Georgia Bulldogs country. It, it's no. too. There are too many people that have moved here. The, more, the most likely you're going to find that all of us have in common are the Atlanta Braves. That's all right. the most likely. It's the Braves that unite us all. Kenyon's in the house. Good to see. Also, Michael Ronquillo is in the house. Awesome to see. Mo Ron is in the house. Steven Tobacco. Good morning from Nebraska. It's been a minute since I made it for a show. Well, we're happy to have you. Mr. Scary in the house, of course. Good morning. Great show, guys. Thank you. Richie Rich. Winter is coming. Happy brunch for from the great white north. And uh, here we go. Who doesn't like a state where a river can catch on fire? Right? That's Ohio. That's, that was that's Ohio. Uh, yep, that yeah. That was Ohio. So yeah. uh, downtown Cleveland is much better. Um, you know, once they got all the, you know, people that work out of there and turn it into financial districts and everything, Pittsburgh and Cleveland are actually pretty cool downtown areas. Yeah. When we talk about EPA, typically it's expected points av- added, but uh, I guess we're doing a little bit of environmental protection agency today as well. <laughs> um, we got Tim coming in. I can't believe there's been no changes starting the buy, but at least we had a good week of practice. Um, uh, Tim, you scared me for a second with that Eagles logo. Tim, I was going to congrats. Lost but... a bet. He said yeah, that, that's right. He said that uh, yeah. on Tuesday. I recall on Monday on Monday. So you lost a bet. If, if that's all it costs you, you got off easy. Yeah, I agree with you so much on that. Um, and also just a quick announcement talking about Mondays. We won't be here this Monday. Uh, Scott has some stuff going on and we're going to take a little breather. We'll still be Tuesday and Thursday next week, but following the bye, uh, we're going to no, take the Monday no aftermath show on Monday since there is no game. Yep. And, and, you know, and the, the good news is Peter with the stars. Yep. Thank you, Peter. Read Broncos it. won't. Yep. 100%. And uh, get your guys stars this week. No, they will not. Well, God, we say that. Hopefully none of the players do anything stupid uh, in their free time that they have. Maybe with the loss, they have a little less, a uh, little less free time. But, you know, we'll see. But no, the main topic today we wanted to get into is fixing the Denver Broncos. Now, typically this is an offseason topic, but with where the Broncos are right now and the parameters that they have for the rest of the season, this is a team that... I'm still in the thick of things. I know everybody's really living week to week uh, as a fan base. You know, it's the Broncos. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) It's uh, the Broncos living week to week um, up and down league right now. You know, you you kill the Cowboys. Oh, man, we're great. We're going to the playoffs. Maybe, you know, who knows? Get in, win and get in and anything can happen. Lose to the Eagles. Oh, man, Broncos need to tear it all down, sell everybody uh, and uh, start from scratch. Truth probably lies in the middle. You know, I think it's important to think about uh, this season as a trend line, right? Are the Bills as bad as the team that, Lost to Jacksonville six to nine. No. Are they as good as the team that beat the Jets 2000 to negative five? No. Um, but, you know, they're in the middle. So the same, probably the same with the Broncos. Not as bad as they look versus the Eagles. Not as good as they look versus the Cowboys. Still in the thick of things. Uh, five AFC West games left, too. I mean, they really have a chance to, they, they control their own destiny, I guess is what oh, it comes down and to. And like I said from the beginning, this was a bad matchup for, for yeah. the, uh, for the Broncos against the Eagles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with their, with their problems that they've got in the trenches. The teams that have the the Broncos have looked the worst against are the teams with the strongest lines of scrimmage. Usually, mm-hmm. those are the best teams. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles have got some other stuff going on where they haven't been able to put it all together, but they've played for the most part 
some close games. Their 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 losses have been good losses, so to speak. Um, but that was, you know, again, you're going two backup offensive tackles, uh, a rookie guard, yeah. uh, center that's been meh, another guard who's been meh pretty much all season against yeah. that front four. You're gonna have you're gonna have some trouble, and then you have not been stout at the line of scrimmage on defense, and that is probably. One of the bigger that and the, the play of the secondary are probably the two biggest surprises I think so far on the season for the Broncos is yeah. your ability inability to hold the line of scrimmage on defense, mm -hmm. and then that may play into a little bit the struggles you've had in the secondary. But I think those are the two big surprises that you know this was a this was a bad matchup. The fact that they raise our hopes going coming off the Cowboys game, and then look like crap. Getting beat by the uh, a three win, which is all people care about, is is a three win Eagles team. People really don't care that hey, are they better than three wins? Doesn't matter. They only have three yeah. wins. And then to put a big turd in the punch bowl, you know, <laughs> Teddy one. Bridgewater giving up on the play. Yeah. Uh, that just, I mean, if it was a powder keg, you know, building, 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 that was the one. It was like I'm done. Yeah. I'm, now I'm pissed. Yep. And, yeah. and it's probably a bad time to have a bye week. Said for the everybody grab your mugs. Said for the Falcons, it was probably a good time to have a Thursday night game after a forty-three to three loss to the Cowboys. On the flip side of that, it's a bad, bad time. It's going to be a long two weeks in Denver after a showing like that. After not just a showing, but all the circumstances that go with it too. Yeah, and what's crazy about that game is, despite all these metrics being against them, um, and you know showing out so bad in the first half. Uh, defensively, the offense, you know, not not truly getting it done there in that first half and only put 10 points. Uh, they were right in the thick of things. They were right in the thick of things um, until that fumble uh, seven-point swing no, there. Maybe in the thick of things. They were on the ascendancy. Yeah. They were dominating yeah. the game. I mean, they, they, it was they dominated the third quarter. They did already dominate. scored, cut it to one score, looked for all intents and purposes. They were driving for a tying score because I think it was 20 to 13 at the time. It was. Right? Yep. Yep. You know, so we're, we're, they were dominating the game. The Broncos were dominating the game. So for all this talk about that, you know, I'm saying bad matchup, getting beat in the trenches, all this type of stuff until that play, Denver was going to win that game. They, they were on their, they were, they were on the ascendancy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there are games that look uh, way less close than they actually are. I mean, I think that the, uh, well, the Giants game is one that comes to mind uh, this season. The Broncos, I mean, they, they pulled away at the end, but that game was closer than this, the final score indicated. This one was closer than the final score indicated as well. And for everything, you know, people being frustrated about the offense and everything, it took one person's, well, more than one person to get it to where it is. But like the Melvin Gordon fumble, boom, that that's talk about the powder keg. Everything falls from there. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, this it, team again, then it that that was the the push. Yep. And then it just started rolling downhill from there. And then it was, then it was basically over. Yep. Um, you know, if he Catalyst. converts that first down, they go in for a score. Denver goes on, win that game. You know, yeah. I, I firmly believe uh, Shane coming in with the coffee avatar as well. Uh, thank you, Shane. Uh, so just want to send some stars for coffee. Have a good morning. Much better. Now you can tell mine's kicking in. I'm about halfway through this big, <laughs> big uh, press of mine. Like I said, I think I filled this thing up to a court today. We'll be, we're going to be flying. Yeah, totally. Uh, we the Broncos miss Alexander's run stopper and is sorely missed. Uh, you're correct there. They also miss uh, the likes Jewel. of Josie Jewell. I mean, they really do those two guys. And then um, it's not just the linebackers. Well, technically they're linebackers, but it's the edge rushing position too. I mean, you are playing 
you know, uh, what do they call it? Wins above replacement players. You know, that typical just baseline off the street mm-hmm. talent right now at that linebacker position. I love that uh, stat in baseball. I love it. The war for, for those of you, yep. y'all that don't know it. There's a, if you're not baseball fans, there's a stat that it's basically, it's almost one to 10 or negative and zero is an average, an average player. And the war is how many wins is this person worth above replacement wins above yeah. replacement. So the higher that number is, the more valuable that player is. And I think it's a, you know, you're throwing in a bunch of negative war guys. These are negative level replacements. Um, yeah. And and I, I think, you know, Alexander Johnson's missed, but I, I think Josie Jewell was a bigger mess right now. The way he started off the season, yeah. he was playing so well. Yep. He really was. Um, and it's unfortunate. I mean, we've seen two, we've seen two games now where teams have systematically targeted uh, Malik Reed on first and second down to great success. Um, I think Malik Reed is a fine player. I think there's a lot of projection from the fan base uh, because people want, you know, him to be the next Shaq Barrett, right? People look for patterns where there aren't patterns, you know, the universe is chaos. Um, but, oh, an undrafted free agent, edge rusher, who maybe looks better than our first round pick. Uh, that guy could be Shaq Barrett. It's Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett all over again. That's it's not the case for Malik Reed. I think he's a fine backup edge rusher, but for starting base packages, he, that's not great. Let's go back to scheming and personnel. Remember when we were yeah, talking about how bad the scheming was in the, the Pittsburgh Steelers game when you got Noah Fant trying to block TJ Watt one-on-one? Yeah. No chance. No. Nope. They're blocking Malik Reed with a tight end successfully. That yeah. lets three offensive linemen on that side of the ball, center, guard, tackle, get to the second level. At least yeah. one of those three is getting to the second level easy. Yeah. And you watch a running play. You watch a running play for both teams – and there are people in your deep, in your offensive backfield. They're, your line's getting pushed backwards. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the other team's line starts three yards ahead. So if, if you fall down when you reach the line of scrimmage that's been moved, you got three yards. Yep. It's negative three the other direction. So, you know, it's not obviously, it's not all on Malik Reed, but yep. from a scheming standpoint, he's getting blocked by a tight end, and you conversely are not able to do that. Yeah. And uh, I think it is important to offer a little bit of perspective on the Eagles so far. Um, the last three weeks, they've really they've really started to click. They really have. They are the number two offense in EPA per play uh, over the last three weeks. Um, they are the number two passing offense in EPA per play. They're the number four rushing offense. They're also the number one DVOA offense over the last three weeks as well. So this is an Eagles team. You know, they're what are they now? Four and six. But I think they got a chance to make a yep. run here and make the playoffs. Four and six. If you go five and two to finish. Nine and eight will probably get you in. Yeah, I you know very I mean, hot. The, the, the way the NFC is, especially help nine and eight get you second in the division in the NFC East. Yep. Um, but Chris coming in says, "What game do you plan to watch this Sunday during the Broncos bye?" Mm. Um, probably NFL Red Zone. <laughs> That's the big one. <laughs> or I'll be or, or I'll start doing a lot of college work as well um, because the NFL draft is right around the corner, and there are a lot of edge rushers, offensive tackles, and cornerbacks that I need to get my eyes on that I have not yet. Uh, So I'm excited about that. I've done a lot of work on quarterbacks so far this season. I only have a little bit of all 22 tape, the, the, you know, the above angle from behind, which is really important to see because you can see the footwork better. You can see the quarterback's head better, blah, blah, blah. Um, But um, I've done a lot of work on quarterbacks. I'm having a hard time falling in love with any of these guys, but it it is what it is. Uh, And I'll probably watch... uh, a lot of the other positions. I'm really excited about this offensive tackle class. I think my, it's actually my advice really on scouting is don't overthink it. You know, there yeah. is, there is such a thing of, of as too much information. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times 
most of the time your first instinct is the right instinct when it comes to scouting if you're any good at this at all yeah uh, so don't don't overthink it you know don't go looking one of the problems you can have when you go to an event that is light on talent is trying to make somebody into something they're not yeah you know it's like oh well that kid was really good yeah but he still stinks yeah um you know so so just 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 my advice as a someone who's been doing this for a long long time i will be driving back from knoxville tennessee on sunday beautiful um, y'all know my son's a baseball player he's also a very good goalkeeper and he plays in a, in a regional league so we play in Saturday, tennessee saturday morning we play in tennis in knoxville tennessee on sunday morning um leave there about one or so and puts me home about five so i'll come home get some dinner and then i'll see y'all for uh the uh the broncos show on sunday night yeah no totally that'll be great um oh i Ah, okay. My hands are off the wheel. Boom. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott Broncos. Country. I think I need to get a Broncos for breakfast hat. Really digging it. I dig it too. I mean, I just love the gray. Um, just, you know, clean sleek moving forward. Fangio says he has no idea when Chubb is returning. And I thought he was in control of the defense. If Chubb has to come back, would it be a difference? Not down in his ability, but his history of injuries got me starting to lose faith in him. Uh, I think the injuries perspective is more of a long-term thing. And if Chubb isn't healthy, they should not put him out there. I know that they really need him because he's probably, I mean, Chubb, when he's healthy on this team, would probably be the, either the second or third most valuable player on that defense. Probably Sertan would be number one. And then it'd be close between Simmons and Chubb just because of how much more valuable an edge rusher is compared to a safety. And he's, um, he's back next year, right? Uh, he is. You have one more year picked up. Yep. Mm -hmm. One more year of control mm -hmm. for Bradley Chubb. Um, it puts the Broncos in a really weird position at the edge rusher spot uh, because you obviously lost Von Miller. And I think uh, Weatherly is a free agent at the end of this year. And uh, you have Cooper for three more years after this, but Reed and Chubb will be on the last year of their contract. So if you're looking, this, this is a big reason I'm preaching edge rusher in the draft is because you need to, you don't want to go into 2023 with your pants down saying, okay, we have to pay an edge rusher or take an edge rusher or else we're sunk. You want to, for a position like edge or offensive tackle, you want to take one a year before uh, they're really needed on the field. So, and this is an amazing edge rusher class. Scott, have you gotten a chance to watch any Michigan yet? You know, I, I, I've I been hyping them up. Okay. They got two edge rushers I think will go in the top 10, which is pretty incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they're, they're fun. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Travis, appreciate the stars. In the shop with Willie, Scott didn't say hi last night. You didn't say hi to me or I didn't say hi back. Uh, either way, good morning. I, um, I did not have a YouTube window open yesterday except for a moment. Um, basically, I'm just trying to make sure that the, the contributors are being seen and read. And yeah. we were 25 minutes behind yesterday because uh, the, the boys were getting long-winded. So I, I 20 minutes later, I'd see, what happened to my super chat? I'm like, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So um, be patient on those. And I did not have a, uh, a YouTube window open. And... Um, I can answer like this within the chat and answer as mile high huddle, but I was, I was 25 minutes behind the chat itself the last chat. night, but I'm on top of it today. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. And we got pad coming in here saying, good morning guys. Damn. I never seen you guys stream this early. I guess I never checked seven 30 AM. Good work. Keep up the good work. Uh, yeah. We've been going live at uh per morning show since April. April. Mm -hmm. since april so uh yeah welcome in and uh, we're here for you um they also have the shows after the fact too which is a lot of fun yeah um, drive got... time yep drive time so you know put us on we're getting ready having breakfast broncos for breakfast you know hence the name yeah totally uh jay's in the house we got uh, Ch Ch clayton's in the house as well um yep, and we got a good question here from pad um before we got to probably answer the question of the, uh, the title card here um but who is your favorite new defensive player not named sertan uh, favorite defensive player not named Sertan 
it would probably be Jonathan Cooper, uh, just because the seventh round pick, um, he is just such a great person too. I mean, like having a chance to, uh, speak with him before the season and following his journey at Ohio state with the heart surgery. I mean, he was a, a captain for that Ohio state team and to get to where he is now. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Cooper. Am I ready to crown him as a starting edge defender on this defense next year? No, uh, I'm not because I believe that you want to stack edge talent as much as you can. Um, but he's a very good player and for a seventh round pick, I mean, God, what, what a hit that that's at least a, that's at least a double, even though we haven't seen his entire career yet. Like he's already contributing way more than a seventh round pick typically does. Uh, how about Micah Parsons? He didn't specify on the Broncos. Mm. Uh, I, I like 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 I said, I grew up in the '80s when linebackers were cool. Yeah. So I uh, I like linebackers. Um, yeah. So I I like the way Micah Parsons plays the game. He's a, he's a good football player. I I do I do like watching him play. Uh, and we forgot our, our our shared son. We have joint custody on Odafe Owe. Yeah, I know. Uh, See, I haven't gotten to watch him yet, so oh, I haven't really watched him play a whole lot except against except against uh, the Broncos. It's funny to watch him play. Him and uh, Cooper are such polar opposites. Because Cooper is so advanced with his hands um, for what he, as a rookie, like he has like a push pull, a chop, a cross chop. I mean, like that was how I noticed Aziz Ojolari when he was coming out was just like, this guy looks like he's been through MMA training. Yep. Yeah. He's very good with his hands. Um, Same with Cooper. But uh, Odafe Owe right now, winning in the NFL, uh, may I remind you, winning in the NFL just on pure athleticism, which is Hard to do. It's like uh, Miles Garrett early on his first season. It's like he's just running he was, by he, guys. Uh, um, Adatha Owe, <laughs> Ace, yeah. I'm going to call him Jason. Then I can't remember yeah. his last name. He was a better athlete than than Miles Garrett coming out flat out. Yeah, I mean, it was it, there's he's one of the top athletes I've really ever seen come into the NFL. And I said this, and I said I'm not saying this lightly. I'm not, and this isn't just you know hyperbole. The second he puts on a helmet, he's going to be one of the most athletic guys in a, a league full of freaks. Yep. And he's just, he's just different. The only guy I could really, I mean, I, I think I was using Spencer Brown for that size at 300 pounds. I think the only guy I could even compare him to was, you know, was LeBron James, <laughs> you know, with who can move, who can jump, you know, jump like he can and, and move like he can. But OA is a different, he's a different level. He's a different level. I mean, Micah Parsons had all those same numbers, but OA was 20 pounds heavier and three inches taller. Yeah. So just absolute, just freaking nature. Does he have any instincts at all? Then take him. Take yeah. him. Yep. He uh, He's fun. I really love what the Ravens are doing with the twist and uh, stunt game with him too, because he is so powerful and he's got you know, the six foot five, but he's got 34 and a half inch arm length. So he can hang with tackles guards. It, it doesn't well, matter. You're clogging lanes like that too. You know, yep. what do you say? If you can't get to the quarterback, get your hands up. Well, now you got to throw over 10 feet. So Andrew appreciates this. The stars coming in, have a good day at work and we will, we'll see you later for sure. Hit up the comments after the fact. If you, yeah. if you have any questions, uh, we'll see them to be honest with you. I see them on YouTube. I do not see them on Facebook. Hmm. So I go back through okay. the comments on YouTube after the fact uh, so pop on over there and, and leave a comment if you have any questions or anything. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, little rain man coming in. What round would you spend an edge rusher next year, Nick? And uh, CC saying got to capitalize on a deep edge class. No doubt would be silly not to. Um, you should start be you should start looking at the edge in the first round. It's it's a big enough 
it's a good enough position in this year's draft class and where the Broncos are going to be picking that uh, you're going to have a chance at some talent. Um, I saw that Jordan Reed, um, who now works for ESPN, which is pretty cool, for, uh, pretty cool for him. Um, he's working with McShay and Kuiper. Uh, he did his first mock draft for ESPN and he had f- four and a half <laughs> edge rushers going in the top 10, dep- depending on what you think of DeMarvin Leal. But uh, he had uh, Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Karloftis and Ojabo. Uh, so three big 10 guys in the, the Michigan dude out there. I'll, I'll be interested to have a conversation with him about some of his new coworkers who I just don't have a lot of respect for his talent evaluators. Um, yeah. not both of them. And I'm not speaking of Kuiper. <laughs> like McShay gives good television, but as far as I, the evaluation. I, I remember it was speaking of miles Garrett when miles Garrett was coming out and it was a bad quarterback class. And this mm-hmm. is during bowl season, okay? So this is on a January bowl game. ESPN flashes McShay's first 10 to go, and it had, like, mock draft. And had three or four quarterbacks going ahead of Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and this is just the latest example of uh, this yeah. guy just, dude, I mean, it's January. Yeah. You know, you, you should know better than this. This guy is, maybe somebody gets desperate and takes one quarterback ahead of Miles Garrett. But if you think four, I, I tweeted out there, I said, if three quarterbacks go ahead of Miles Garrett, I'll buy everybody who retweets this a, a subscription on Scout. And I hashtagged it safe bet with a screenshot. I'm like, there's just, there's just no way. Yeah. Like I said, but you know, I said, I'm probably jealous. He's got better suit, better hair, better job. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just jealous. That's all. Yeah. I met, uh, I met McShay and talked with him for a good 15, 20 minutes at the uh, Missouri pro day back McShay, in 20. I never worked at ESPN. I worked with, uh, I worked with CBS uh and fox guys yep and, uh, and i did some nfl network stuff i did some i did do some nfl network stuff yep. uh, but i never worked with espn yep no to- uh, totally met, met mcshay um i enjoyed him i enjoyed uh, talking with uh daniel jeremiah a little bit more but uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's fun to be in the business and rub elbows to some of those guys um but uh we want to talk about the topic at hand here which is that of fixing the broncos for the home stretch here Seven games left, five and five, only half a game out. And at worst, coming against the Chargers, they're going to be one game out, right? You can't, they're not going to play this week. So they're not going to lose a full game in one direction or the other. So Broncos, five and five, they have everything in front of them, but they are so hot and cold right now, up and down, not beating great teams besides the Cowboys. Uh, Broncos country at their throats about the quarterback position, the offense in general. Scott, what do we do? Is it time to fold up? How do we fix this team for the home stretch? Oh, how do you fix the team? Fixing the Broncos. Um, you know, most of the, most folks are going to turn around and say, oh, you change a quarterback. Um, I don't know that that fixes the team. The argument for changing the quarterback is it can't get any worse. Um, well, it, it could. It, it could get worse. It could get worse than than 500. Um, like I said, the, the, the biggest argument right now for and, – and let, let me be clear. I agree with Rex Ryan. I would have benched Teddy for a game. Period. Mm-hmm. Even if he's still my starter, I'm saying you're going to sit this one out. You're gonna, we're going to send a message. I, I'm, I'm glad you apologize. Now, now go take a seat. Um, and I don't think there's much chance of that happening. I don't think Drew Locke. I, I'm, I'm most of the same opinion. I've seen it go around a little bit that you know Brett Rippon plays before Drew Locke. You know that's and, not totally out of the question to me. And no. people say, well, why doesn't Shermer? step in and say, okay, the season's done. You, you need to play this guy. The question nobody has asked is what if Shermer thinks Drew Lock isn't worth a damn either? 
Yeah, I uh, I think that's a big question. No, I'm also, sorry. I screwed that up. Peyton. I made it like a bigger poignant point. Peyton. Peyton. What if Peyton doesn't think? What if Peyton doesn't think Drew Locke is worth a damn? He's the evaluator. He's the one making the draft picks. Yeah. He's the one that has to build the team. What if he's the one who also doesn't believe in Drew Locke? If there's a complete lack of belief system-wide, organizational-wide, and the only people that seem to say Drew Locke's the guy is us. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, this is not this is not reporting, but there is some stuff circulating that uh, Drew did some stuff again that might have maybe would have lost some uh, favor um, from decision makers in the organization with some just decisions that he's made. It's not just that too. Okay. You know, there's a, the, um, we said at the very beginning, you cannot make a change of an incumbent without the backing of the veterans on the team. Mm -hmm. You know, if the team was behind, if the players were behind drew lock, you lose a team. Okay. Well, did Teddy do that with his fumble? you know, his lack of effort on this, did he, did he lose? We don't know for sure. You know, there's a, there's a couple of very vocal people in several of the chats that we do that are, that are adamant that his teammates won't play for him anymore. But like, well, you don't know that you, you can't possibly know that. So just please stop saying it. You have an agenda and you're starting to sound like a moron. <laughs> um, you don't know that. So it could be that yeah. they already punted on Drew Locke too. You know, and, and yep. the, the kid needs to learn his lesson. He probably has and needs a fresh start somewhere else. Because if if it's a system wide failure and non-belief in him, including all the way down to the players, then he needs to go. He needs to yep. he needs to be somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it's a uh, you know, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation as far as the quarterback goes. But uh, I think they're going to go down with Teddy Bridgewater this season until the season is you're, you're out. And let's say you have three to five games left and we need to get some tape out there to see what uh, Drew, um, what Drew can do. Then you'll see it. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, again, there's some stuff there once again this season with Drew that it's like, come on, man. Um, but we'll see if it comes out in the offseason like it did this last year. Um, but as far as the offense goes, I've seen a lot of it just makes me laugh um, because everybody wants everything all the time. Uh, and I've seen a lot of comments where, well, the Broncos need to get the ball to the running backs more, but, but at the same time, they need to get Cortland Sutton, 10 more targets, but, but also they have to use the tight ends one ball, a team that's playing ball control football to complement and protect the defense. And, uh, really long. I think their pace is 30th in the NFL, as far as how long, how many seconds it takes per play to run, which drains the clock. I think they're fifth this year in time of possession per drive. All this stuff screams, you know, you're, it's not going to be the Broncos in 2013 where you have five guys that are amazing fantasy players, you know, like that kind of thing. It's, there's only one ball. So what are you doing? Are you leaning in the run game? Or are you going to get you, the ball? You to probably the know this. How many plays are being averaged a game right now? Offensive plays. Oh, man, I honestly do not know. off the top. Okay, of my I head. typically think 80 is the right, but that seems like a lot. That seems like a lot. That seems yeah. like a lot. So, you know, for me right now, when I'm thinking the Dallas, I, what I'd like to see is a perfect distribution is 20 touches for each running back. 25 throws. Okay. If you go 17 for 25, you may only get three throws, you know, three targets to Sutton, three to Patrick, three to Fant, three to Judy. But I got 20 touches on my running backs with this team. Yep. That that to me is how this team should have been built. We talk about, you know, the the Patriots coming up and Mac Jones. You know, how is that team built? That team is built with a top five defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, strong in the trenches, physical on defense, physical running game, and they've got a quarterback that's playing between 18 and 20. They've won four yeah. in a row. Um, you know, newsflash, you know, 
Fangio's, not Bill Belichick. But the, the other pieces have fallen off for one reason or another, and a lot of it has been injury. So how does this team start to get better? You start to get healthy. That'd be a start. Um, let's get Garrett Bowles back. Let's solidify the right tackle position. Let's get Quinn Miners a little more Cooking. experience on this. Yep. Dalton Reiser seems to be playing a little better. Uh, so Cushenberry has been better. Not great, but better. Uh, and then Judy's getting healthy and all the, all these type of things. And now what about the linebacker position again? Yeah. What, what about the linebacker position? Um, can Kenny young is Baron Browning coming back? He would, he got his egg scrambled too. Didn't he? Uh, he's been dealing with issues all season. Um, in that Cowboys game, he had a back issue that was re aggravated in like the second series versus the Eagles. So you hope that is something that, uh, gets better um in the next after the bye week but i'm worried that it's something that could be an issue for the rest of the season with the back issue so we'll see and like who really is prepared to have lose both your starting linebackers or all your starters at one position both at this point it's both and then both their backups and then probably one of their backups and then they went after their families you know that was an old uh back to school joke and uh, guys in my day were tough they'd sack the quarterback and then go after their families Yes, that's I told you a pot of coffee was going to do me some good by the time we were out of here. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yeah, you're you're totally right. And also some guys failing to step up as well. Uh, Justin Chernod's been a massive disappointment um, out there. I know he just got off the sick bug list as well. But when he's been out there, he's been poor. He's basically he's been, a rookie. Yeah, right? but he's a fifth round rookie at that. You know, like not all of them come in like Jonathan Cooper where it's like, oh, OK, like that's that's, yeah. you know, a, a red shirt freshman, round. so to speak. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, again, totally. What were you expecting? You know, again, we you see a couple of good plays, then we we start getting it's like okay, Kenny Young came in and had a, a good game. It's not, oh, this is our our linebacker of the future, is he? You know, pump the brakes. Let's yeah, let's let's find out. You know, Malik Reed led the team in sacks last year. Yeah. Uh, he should be the guy. Well, let's see. We don't we don't have to make those decisions. We don't have to make those decisions right now. And Ethan, appreciate you coming in. Says sending support for the the breakfast boys. You know, that's us. Um, you were in our, our chat yesterday as we were previewing the game tonight, Falcons and, and Patriots. Drink, I'm out of coffee. Um, and uh, appreciate your support there as well. And Yvonne, coming in a little bit too. Uh, been very patient, about five minutes late on this one. Said, morning, what's the best time to start signing these guys that we like for 2022, like Sutton? So as far as fixing the Broncos, this may fall into building the Broncos. Yeah. But fixing the Broncos and getting Sutton back to 100% because a true ACL tear for a skilled player is an 18-month injury. Uh, you can get back to playing and, and feeling like you're 100% after 10, 11 months. But mm-hmm. the mental aspects and all of the lateral movements that comes with being a skilled player is typically 18 months. So yep. fixing the Broncos will involve Sutton continuing to progress. Yeah, I think that uh, as far as um, bringing guys back, um, I would probably be offering a contract. To, I would be offering a low ball ish contract, not enough to tick them off, but uh, to Sutton and Patrick, you know, if we can get those guys signed now, that would be great. I think both of them will probably look to hit the market, though. Um, if Sutton is only like taking, you know, 17 million a year kind of thing, I probably franchise him. Uh, I know that you need to get the I know you need to get your best player of the ball. Um, but that's not also Teddy Bridgewater's game. And if the if your opposing team is playing off coverage with two deep safeties, he's probably not going to force the ball until it's garbage time because he tends to go to where the coverage uh, 
dictates where he goes to the ball, you know, that kind of thing. He's not going to force things in that regard, which sometimes can be an issue. That's a whole different topic, but uh, fixing the Broncos, I think it really does come down to this team doubling down on their identity, who they want to be. I think the run game is actually really starting to come together. And I mean, I expect that to actually continue to improve um, from the bye week onwards. Uh, the interior offensive line is starting to open up holes. The Broncos went from the 32nd team and run, uh, run stuffs in the NFL um, three weeks ago to now they are 20, 25th. So you, I mean, that's actually some really good improvement climbing up from the worst in the league to 25th. Hopefully that'll continue. They're also, I think fourth in the NFL at second level rush yards and second in the NFL at uh, third level rush yards. So once they get past that first level, the running backs are taking care of business and getting some explosive carries. So I think you need to lean into that. Maybe you need to figure out on offense, how you can do better on first and second down. I know everybody's freaking out about the Broncos on third down. Broncos DVOA this year on third down is 10th in the NFL. They are 25th and I think 27th on first and long and second and long. You're losing the battle on first and second down, which is resulting in these bad third down looks for you. So uh, you need to figure that out also. But I really, it comes down to the defense, right? Teddy is who he is. Drew Locke's probably not going to play because he's seems like he's lost the trust of the coaching staff and people in that organization. I don't, you're not going to all of a sudden, Teddy's not going to come out here and play like Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's just, that's unrealistic expectations. The defense can, has to play better. They need to play like the def- the unit that leads this team. Cold weather football. You got the AFC West coming home. I'm ch- I'm challenging the defense. They got to be better at the point of the attack. They got to get after the quarterback. They got to cover better. And um, they need to play like a I'm not a top five unit. Forget it. Out the window. Give me a top ten unit. Give me a, a top half of the league unit, and that should be enough to at least make things interesting down the stretch. Well, and in, in going, you were talking about the the running backs uh, and, and their success once they get past the line of scrimmage, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Travis says, do you think that, that Williams should be RB1 over Gordon? Um, I, I think we're, I, I, I want to say done, but that's the type of finality statement I try and lawyer myself into and say, yeah. unless certain, you know, give myself an out. But I, I feel like we should be done seeing Melvin Gordon unless it happens to be in a, a a, a rotational situation or Williams isn't available done making the crucial carries fourth and once uh, the final series of a game, the last two fumbles that he's had. Um, so I'm not, I don't, I don't care who's listed as a starter. I don't care who's listed as the number one. I care who's getting the majority of the carries and especially the carries in the most crucial moments that yeah. will tell you who the RB one is for whatever you want to call it. So um, I think whether they call it or not, don't worry what they say. Watch what they do. I think Javante Williams has more touches over the second half of the season than than uh, Javante Williams, and I think it's about five to one on the crucial touches. Yeah, I agree with you. And we got Jay saying uh, we are running Williams more. How does that fit the run stuff narrative? Uh, Williams has been better in the run stuff, so uh, that's it's good news. Honestly, um, he's still not as consistent at picking up positive yards is Gordon because Gordon's been one of the best this year at this, but uh, you know, it's worse than getting stuffed at their line of scrimmage coughing up the football. So uh, <laughs> you got to pick your poison there, um, but, but they're both, they're both going to get touches down the stretch, but I agree with you that fumble and that crucial situation. Once again, um, we're also starting to get to cold weather football where it hurts more to tackle guys. Right. And it's also harder to keep your footing um, when the ground starts to get a little uh, crispy, right? Yeah, oh, the, the, frost the power, the power becomes more, uh, you know, y'all have heard me say it before about the the speed and the overrated and stuff, but the power becomes more of a factor when, yeah. when you have weather, you know, yep. got sliding off you. So vision and balance are two things you can't measure a running back, but you can tell when they've got it. 
And Javante Williams might not have the best vision compared to some other guys, but his balance is absolutely superb. That's yeah. why you see him seemingly never slow down and guys are just sliding off him. They just yeah. they can't knock him over. It's like they hit him and his whole body just moves sideways. It doesn't knock him one way or the other. It just kind of resets where he's running forward. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty pretty fun to watch on here. And, and Yvonne coming back in with some stars. Saying it's hard to imagine how this team can turn us around when Fangio doesn't show accountability. It seems like he doesn't care. Um, he strikes me as extraordinarily petty. Uh, Fangio, and I know he's an older guy. He's been in the league a long time, but he's still, in essence, a rookie head coach. You know, this is his first head coaching job, right? With the Broncos. Yeah. He strikes me as a young guy who doesn't quite believe that he belongs there and talks too much about things that don't matter. The, 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 the Raven stuff was ridiculous. You know, that was ridiculous. Oh, that's what we, you know, we know that was who they are. They don't care about player safety. Ridiculous. How he talked after the Dallas Cowboys game. You know, I mentioned the word chest thumping. Ridiculous. 37 years. He's always given his resume. He's always trying to prove to us that he belongs. In the movie, A Few Good Men, I think Tom Cruise asked Julia Roberts, says, why are you always giving me your resume? And she says, because I want you to think I'm a good lawyer. That's how I feel about Fangio. You know, it's like, who are you trying to convince? Because we're not. And yeah. by you keeping telling us this, you know, talking about losing the players, you know, we mentioned that with Locke. Is that a possibility? I think it's a damn near certainty with Vic Fangio. Yeah. Yep. It's rough. Um, but five and five, things can change quickly, right? That's you got to <laughs> you got to keep your nose on the grindstone here because yeah, you really it can change quickly. They're going to have to go out and varsity blues this thing and leave their coach behind and go out and call their own plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really the rest of the season is going to come down to if this defense can get back on track because the offense, I think they are um, the identity that anybody could have realistic, realistically expected with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, if they fall behind early, uh, you're in trouble because Teddy from the three or the five to seven step drop back game um, with bat two backup tackles, it's he's not good enough to run that. And we knew that coming into the season. Um, that's why you get only paying him 4.5 million. That's why he was costed a six round pick. Uh, Thank you. Wrong that still makes him. It was. It was Demi Moore. Thank you. Yes. Demi Moore was the lawyer and a few good men. I always think of a uh, opera man when I hear the name Demi Moore, cause he, Adam Sandler had a skit singing to Demi Moore uh, as opera man. Uh, but DWI guys hilarious on, on, on that show. Yes, he was. I always watch the, uh, with the Hanukkah song. That's a it's Christmas time coming. We got the Hanukkah song coming up. Uh, the DWI guys coming in saying Patrick more likely to sign a low ball off contract than Sutton. Definitely possible. I think both these guys that are going to try to get to the, get to the league. And I know that Patrick has been healthy for the Broncos, but the reason he fell in the draft, like he did when he came out and bounced around a little bit is because he had, I think a back injury. So he's a little bit older. He's had a history of injury. And I think this is, it. this is his chance to cash in. So maybe he signs the low ball for the guarantees. Um, Cause who knows what happens, but I think he's going to get, He's going to get a decent market. If Kenny Galladay can get that type of contract, I think Tim Patrick's going to have a solid market as well. Tim Patrick's starting to get some national attention too for people to think that they can get him at a, a, a lower rate. I saw a graphic, some Twitter nerd, and I say that affectionately because yeah. that's kind of how who we are. Uh, you know, posted a you know percentage. Uh, it was a chart, and I apologize to him already, but posted a chart of percentage of plays that have gone for first downs on targets, etc. And Tim Patrick was like sixth in the NFL. And everybody else in the top 15 was a household name. 
So um, I'm looking through a, a Falcons group and they're like, wow, Tim Patrick. And someone responded underneath that. He said, that's future Atlanta Falcon, Tim Patrick to you, bud. I'm like, dude, we can't afford this guy. He's going to end up being an, an, an eight figure, an eight figure uh, guy. So at his age, he is less likely to take a low ball contract offer. He's going to yeah. hold out and wait to get paid. This could be, a, this is his last big contract unless you franchise him, which then is a pretty big contract. He's yep. the one that's going to be, when you hit that age, you're looking for your last big payday. So Patrick, Patrick's not taking a discount. Yeah, and CC with a comment here talking about Fangio. That's a, this is where I was going as well. You talked about Fangio being petty. I see him as being somebody who's pretty insecure. I it, think he is. A, yeah, it's two, two sides of the same coin, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I may not have uh, explained myself correctly, but bingo, that's, that's, that's it. Yep. Going down, pointing his finger at everybody else. Um, but I think that sticking with Teddy Bridgewater is betting on himself in the defense because, and I I wish I had pulled this stat up, but uh, there's one stat that really encapsulates, you know, why, why are the Broncos sticking with Teddy Bridgewater? You know, their points per game this year is up compared to our points per possession is up, but the points per game per down, they've been worse in the red zone this year. Uh, their third down conversion, is, conversion rate is in the bottom 10 in the NFL this year. Uh, wh why are they sticking with Teddy Bridgewater? The Broncos defense this year has the second best uh, starting field position in the NFL. Um, it typically on their, I want to say it's the 24. Um, and last year, the Broncos were 31st in the NFL, 30th or 31st in the NFL in defensive starting field position. Teddy just sets up the defense better than Drew Locke. And that has a lot to do with turnovers. You know, like that's turnovers kill you in this league. And if you are a team that has small margin for error, like the Broncos that are not putting up points, regardless of who the quarterback is uh, between either of them, probably going to go with a guy that sets up the defense to be better. And that is Teddy um, right now. And I, 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 that's what the data supports. And I think that's what Vic Fangio sees as well. So um, I think he's betting that I can get this defense whipped up. I can get them playing like I know they can, and uh, hopefully they can be better. I don't, don't know if that's think, the case. I think, it's, I think you're reading too much into this, dude. Yeah. I think it's very simple. I'm not playing that guy. That's it. Yeah. I'm not playing him. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't care who my other guy is. I'm not playing this one. This isn't so much about Teddy Bridgewater. This is about Drew Locke. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess we need to see if anything else comes out here about Locke. But no, uh, and the, the, the thing is, you know, it's it's not the, the one, like I said, the one problem, I'm, I'm certainly willing to say that this is a grudge. This is he's been written off, all that type of stuff. The one thing I don't like seeing is the rewriting of history. Oh, God, know, terrible. If Drew Locke was Aaron Rodgers, you know, in his, in his first, or showed huge promise, but Drew Locke wasn't very good. Okay, so the the I've said it. I've I've told you behind the scenes. I'm like I've never seen a fan base pine for a bad quarterback so strongly and vehemently as I've seen with the Broncos, this Broncos community and Drew Locke. Most of the time, you can't wait to get rid of this guy. Usually, you're writing off the young guys way too soon. Uh, and it's been the opposite here. The loyalty shown to a guy who's where he finished last year has been impressive. Impressive <laughs> is a word. And impressive. Impressive is a word. I think it's going to be, I think probably what happens is uh, you love that guy when they're here, but then when they go on to somewhere else, then it's, they show who they are. Um, It's like, Oh, okay. I get it now. And it's going to, I think, follow the footsteps of uh Philip Lindsay, who, you know, everybody in Denver absolutely just head over heels in love with goes to a different team tends to struggle. It's like, okay, 
maybe wasn't as good as we thought he was while we were here. Um, but, uh, you know, that's maybe that's I'm not cheering against Drew Locke in that sense, but like you're right with the, he was bad last year. He did have a lot of things going against him, but mm-hmm. the, the lows were so low for a team and that he, you know, cost okay, them. Let me, let me rephrase. Cause yeah. I'm getting some, some comments in here that I get. Yeah. He might not be a bad QB. He played very badly. The quarterback yeah. play was poor. Every statistical metric you can find says that the quarterback play in Denver was really bad last year. Um, is there room for growth? But again, you've heard me say it before a hundred times, the hope he can improve. Yeah, he can. We we don't know how much better he can get and we may never find out. And that's, what's making us mad. I get that. I absolutely yeah. get that. I do. Yeah. It's uh it's funny how history repeats itself is uh, it's, I mean, it's the same conversations people were having with uh, just a few years ago with Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, you know, it's like, Oh, why you never even gave him a chance to get out there. You know, he has the better tools and whatnot, but uh, there's always stuff behind the scenes to consider, and those guys aren't always right too. So I think, I mean, if the Broncos continue to lose the rest of the season, um, if they fall, you know, lose two of the next three games, you're going to see Locke, and we're going to get a chance to see what he can do with this team, uh, being prepared as a starter, and with a pretty good uh, run game that's starting to come up as well. So hopefully that'll be better. We'll see what happens there. Um, but either way, the Broncos are still in the thick of things, and uh, hopefully we have people in here that are pulling for the Broncos over individual players, and uh, we can make a playoff run here with the final stretch of the games, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be tough. The AFC West is probably every, every team in the AFC West besides the Raiders, the chargers and the chiefs are better than the Broncos on paper, but anything can happen in a single game. So we'll see what happens. You got the chargers and the chiefs right out of the gates after the bye week And last one here, before we get on out of here, mm-hmm. um, I'm not advocating for lock, but Teddy needs to sit for a game or for a half. Can't reward the player who quits on the team. Bad message. If I was king of the universe, I'd probably play lock down the stretch because I think that uh, either you get you get the information and we can put this to bed either way. You know, right? Like he plays great. Awesome. Well, we mean, have you don't you don't. I mean, again, if you're if you're on the coaching side of this and the general yeah. manager side of this, you already feel like you have enough information. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to prove this to you. I, I already know. That's why I'm the coach. So that's their point of view. Yeah. Um, can't reward a player quits on their team, uh, quits on a play. Uh, and I, uh, 100% with you, I said it from the very beginning, yep. Teddy would sit the next game. I'd have two weeks to, to get another quarterback ready, whether it's, I'm not playing this dude or it's Brett Rippon or somebody, Kendall Hinton, somebody yep. Teddy's sitting at, at least, I mean, at least a quarter, something he's sitting. Yep. Yep. I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. And for me, Teddy hurt me with that one because that was just ugly. I don't know if, did you see the play from earlier this season when, uh, Ryan Tannehill ran 40 yards down the field and absolutely tattooed a uh, defensive player. That was, Wait, you don't, you don't have to convince me. I've seen, yeah. I've seen quarterbacks give up on plays like that in games that were out of control or, you know, yeah. maybe even early. I've seen them do that where they, where they weren't there, but I mean, you're right where they didn't run. They, you know, may have yeah. stood where they watched a guy go on the sidelines. I've seen that happen a lot, yeah. but in a one score game that you've been dominating, you know, you make that tackle, you know, didn't we see this? Didn't we see it earlier? Where, where was it Javante Williams, you know, gets down there and he gets tackled at the five and then the field goal gets blocked. You can come away with no points or somewhere in that neighborhood, but it's, you yeah. know, give yourselves a, ch- give yourself a chance. And yeah. that it was unacceptable. I, there's, there's no other way to put it. There's there, it was, it was unacceptable and you yeah. will never hear me say otherwise. Yep. I agree with you. Um, I don't think we need to paint that any other way. And, uh, but how the Broncos came out after the fact really makes it sounds like, uh, 
you know, that was something that's important and uh, they didn't coach him to, you know, avoid contact there. Um, sometimes that's the case, but that's not the case here. Um, and CC, I think I, I love you CC. And a lot of times we are marching to the same drum. This one, I really disagree with. Um, it says that it's pretty likely Teddy is in love with football, but if that's the case with a lot of guys, I don't think Teddy is jumping around the league like he has been and the rehab that he had to go through, um, to get back on the field. Uh, if he didn't love the game, I think that is, I mean, you talk about, I mean, he almost, what he almost lost a leg, right? Or like he peril, like one of the legs was yeah, that it was, damaged. It was beyond just oh, a rehab. I mean, it was, it was, it was terrible. Teddy, Teddy yeah. loves this game. He loves his teammates. He loves all that stuff. I got no questions yeah. about any of that. The, the, he's not on social media narrative. Yep. Uh, good. Good for him. I don't want him out there reading all that garbage. And most of the guys that are at a high level, they're not on social media either. Their assistants are. Their assistants are running their account. Their marketing teams are. Their agents are. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, again, that's just, that's where my head goes with that. So hopefully this Broncos team can get it together. Uh, hopefully, you know, you got your tackles coming back after the bye week, apparently with uh, Bulls and Massey. Hopefully those guys feel a little bit of pressure in the ground game as well. They're both better pass protectors than uh, Anderson and Fleming, but the run game seemed to really start to click better with those backups. So I really do hope that they feel a little bit of pressure and uh, the run game can be even better. Um, so that's a, uh, that's something they feel pressure on. And hopefully you also start to see Bradley Chubb back there on down the stretch. It's more important that he's healthy for 2022. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to rush him out there too early, but getting a guy like that, who is a top 20 level edge rusher when he's on the field can make a huge difference for this defense. And it's not just uh, the pass rushing too. He is pretty darn stout against the run. As well, they put a lot on him as far as run defense containing the edge. I see some um, stats that are like, oh, well, uh, Bradley Chubb's been worse against the run. Well, he's taken on double teams with Von Miller aligned at uh, nine technique more often. He's going to get washed if they're if he has to go against 600 pounds more consistently. Well, and if he's getting double teamed, great. Great. Yeah. Because yep. right now you're blocking out the guy that's replacing him with a tight end. Yep. And that makes it really, really hard on your other linebackers and the defensive linemen on that side. Yep. You're hundred percent right. So, uh, well, we appreciate you guys. Um, we got to get out of here. I got to get into work here pretty soon. So, uh, obviously this is Broncos for breakfast. We won't be again, PSA. We won't be here Monday morning. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday morning. Uh, we're going to take a little, I guess a very small hiatus, um, with the no morning after show because there is no morning after for the Broncos this week. Uh, you guys can follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. Also make sure you're following Scott and myself. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, M H H. Make sure you're following us on facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And if you haven't seen the short I put up of oh, Coach Klein do. and Teddy Bridgewater film review on my channel, go watch it. It's funny. I think my wife said it. She was like, did that thing pop? I'm like, no, not really. She goes, it almost looks too serious. It, like, it, it almost looks like it's too real. It's a joke. It's funny. I string together a couple of movie clips. Jeremy Sean, who isn't here. Where's, where's, where's Jeremy today? I haven't seen him today. Go, go, I don't know. go check it out on my YouTube channel. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It you is. should go check it out guys. Um, speaking of Scott's YouTube channel, make sure you're following Scott at right there. The link right there, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe, like, and share, uh, to this channel as well. We appreciate you guys. Again, things are going to, uh, hopefully be fun down the stretch here, but either way it's football. And when the Broncos are not good, like they have been the last six years, it comes to be, you know, March, I guess it's after the draft, but, you know, July, August, we're sitting here raring to go talking somewhere football, good or bad. So uh, appreciate these it's moments. It's going to be fun either way because 
A couple more losses like this, and you and I are going to turn to the draft, which we absolutely love. A couple wins, we get to start analyzing playoff potentials, which we love. Either way, we win, we get to talk football. And we get to hang out with you guys. That's a win in my book. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday morning. I'll see you guys on Saturday night. Uh, Stay safe. Make sure you're stopping by tonight to listen to Huddle Up. And uh, be kind. That's also a big one. And go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.